Hey now, it's Brace for Impact, and I'm your host, Mike Gilbert, and I'm joined as always by JD by God Oliva. How you doing, Mr. Oliva? I was just telling you before the show, uh, had a had a had a day at school today. Got yeah. the fire had the fire alarm go off when I was in the wrong classroom and we we're supposed to have these red emergency bags, and I got shit because I didn't have the red emergency bag with me when the fire alarm went off, and I was like, well, I wasn't in my classroom at the time. And then some dickhead pulled the fire alarm. And if I find that person, I'm going to kill them. So <laughs> it, was a, it was a day at school. How was how was your day? Uh, it's cool. So we had a big, um, in our base, we had a big water main break. And so this happened over the weekend. So they shut down all the water on base because they have to fix this thing. So we're all living on. We have, we have water, but we can't like drink it right now. So we uh, have to uh, have potable. Like, Yes, it's not potable. And my job is to figure, you know, get the, I don't, my job isn't to get the, the water to be potable, but when it is potable, we have to make sure that it is potable, if that makes sense. We got to test it and all that stuff. So we've been working that issue since uh, Saturday. I actually had to work on Sunday and uh, kind of been dealing with it every day. But, uh, you know, um, other than that, uh, life is good. I, I'm going to start off with breaking news. That really only is only important to me. It just hit my phone. Just hit my cell phone. No. Uh, breaking news here, and this is very important to the world. If you're a guy, <clears throat> Adam Schefter f- reports the Panthers are trading Pro Bowl running back Christian McCaffrey to the San Francisco 49ers in exchange for draft picks. Sources tell ESPN. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, it's been a shitty couple weeks for the 49ers. Have a good, have I don't want to. Bro, I'm supposed to be a Bears fan. I've like reached another level of existence with the Bears where I just accept that they're bad and move on with my life Yeah, because they're never going to be good. It's really just a coincidence that I'm wearing this 49ers faithful shirt and this 49ers hat because, A, that's just how I dress. That's how you dress. Yeah, yeah, this is just like – so I wasn't meaning to start off. But so this is super funny. So – my wife, she was on the Fanatics website. That's where she gets all like when she gets me gifts. It's usually from there. And uh, she was on there. And she was like showing me these two hats. Like, hey, they're they're like fifty percent off. Do you want these two hats? And I'm like, uh, yeah. She was good because your hats are old, and we can just toss those, and we'll get you two new hats. I'm like, okay, cool. So they, they, I think they're coming in the mail, right? It says Fanatics on the box. I go and open it, and it was actually some t-shirts and another hat that was supposed to be my christmas gift um that i just opened thinking it was the two hats that i had picked out that my wife was buying uh, while she was sitting next to me on the couch so uh two years in a row i've ruined christmas in the household i already have my gifts already so i uh, told her that i would wear wear my stuff already so i'm wearing it tonight why is your wife shopping for you in october man so it's really hard to yeah so when you're in oahu it's oh, like the okay. the wait time so so you got to start like in october if you want to get it here but because if you wait till like mid-november the shipping times are going to be crazy delayed and then the costs go up so you want to start in october that makes sense yeah so especially with like and they were telling me like look if you need more christmas lights you need to go now because they only get one shipment in around here and once it's gone it's gone so Okay, I get it. There are things there are things to complain about in Hawaii, believe it or not. They're um they're very, very meek your complaints. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very first world problems that I I'm have. I'm wearing there. a I'm wearing a hoodie because it's cold outside, mister. I'm walking around in a t shirt. <laughs> yeah. Well I normally I walk around in a tank top, but um yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> not not to rub it in. Uh, we're gonna go with some semi semi cold breaking news. Let's go for it. I just want to play my play our dingle our jingle here. Our here dingle. Breaking news. Make sure to clean up after playing with your dingle like that. There you <laughs> yeah. uh, Former WWE star who was a member of the Nexus back in the day with Heath and all that crew. And then eventually he was uh, let go and he was on uh, Lucha Underground for a while. And I think he was on Ring of Honor for a long time. Was. He was Justin Gabriel in the WWE. He is now PJ Black and he is uh, heading into Impact. Um, and he's going to be part of the upcoming X Division title tournament. A- as well as Alan Angels is coming back. He Alan Angels had a cup of coffee in the promotion, got a shot at the speedball. And and uh, he's been doing some independent stuff, and looks like they're bringing him in for a little bit. I like, um, I'm okay with the PJ Black thing. You know, he's got like missing fingers or something like that. Yeah, I think it was a nasty parasailing accident, or parachuting accident, something like that. Yeah, parasailing was um, Bruce Beefcake. Yeah. Parasailing was Beefcake. That's he, right. He was doing a he was base jumping, which I think he was just jumping off a fucking mountain or something like that, and crashed hard. The Darewolf. He dares. Yeah, the Darewolf. Yeah, the Darewolf. You know, so I I had high hopes for him when he was uh, part of that original NXT crew, yeah. and there was just something missing from the guy. So I hope that whatever was missing in him, because he never really got over in WWE, he didn't get over in Ring of Honor or Lucha Underground, so he just kind of appears to be he's, a guy. He's never been over anywhere. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, but he's a good talent. He just doesn't he's have, like, something, something's not clicking with the guy, so maybe... They bring him in, and maybe they could figure out something to do with him. Who knows? Um, worst case scenario, he's a guy you can use to put over other people who's got a recognizable name, which yeah. is not a bad thing either. You know, he's the guy who ended Ricky Steamboat's comeback. He gave so Ricky that was Steam- him. That was him. I was on the 450. Oh. He caught Steamboat with the knee to the head when yeah. he was laid out with the, one of those Nexus attacks, and it gave Steamboat, like, he was suffering from post-concussion syndrome for almost like a year or so afterwards. Like it was bad. Yeah. Well, it's crazy. Well, it sucks that he did that to Steamboat. But uh, when I saw his name pop up, well, his name popped up. I would say earlier in the week. I think he kind of broke the news himself because he shared he shared the graphic earlier in the week saying, "Oh, Sin City. That sounds like my kind of party or something like that. Sin City Showdown or something like that." He put it on Twitter. Was he a CYN guy? No, he was not. Um, okay. But he does kind of look like Flip Gordon. I can see how you would think that. Does look a little like Flip Gordon. <laughs> well, okay, so that's a real question. The timer is on. When does Flip Gordon come to impact? I'm surprised he hasn't showed up already. Me honestly. too. Yeah, because we all know why he's not an AEW. And it's not because he doesn't have talent. The guy does have no, a lot of talent. Very talented. It, it's because he's dumb on social media. Yeah, Brian Pillman's also pushing himself into that direction right now. I'm surprised Pillman's still there. I think they're just waiting for that dude's contract to expire. Tony doesn't uh, fire people. You can yeah. be if you get hired by Tony Khan, you can fuck up a lot. As long as you're not Jimmy Havoc, you'll have a job. You might not have another job, but you'll be mm-hmm. employed for that period of time with which you sign the contract. Yeah. Yeah, super. I I am really shocked that Flip Gordon. And honestly, I kind of half expect him to be to show up at one of these tapings before too long. I'm shocked uh, he's Gordon. not. Yeah. Because it's not like Impact worries about hiring people with troublesome backgrounds or have said stupid things. Bully Ray is the focus of the entire promotion, right? <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, look, if you got a little bit of dirt on you, they're they're okay as long as you're not like a convicted killer or something like that. Yeah, um, they even, even look past a sex offense or two. 
Offension? Yeah. made up a word. <laughs> Offension. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They they would definitely hire Mr. Wrestling 2 if you're still alive today. Like they would just go for it. Okay, first of all, Mr. Wrestling 2 was a hell of a crusty talent. I'm watching those mid, those 84 <laughs> Mid-Souths. So he is the nice. oldest, crustiest bastard in the world. I look it up, and he's like 53 at the time. Like, well, yeah. he's the same age as Chris Jericho, but he acts like, yeah. like a surly, angry, these kids get off my lawn. Like, it's hilarious. And he, he have question, and was he, he a questionable human being? I'm not surprised to hear that, but I don't know enough about uh, – oh, I forget, I forget I, I don't want to get – actual name was. You're, you're, you're going to have to look it up because I don't really want to get into the specifics of Is it. Is it that I bad? Read, it's pretty bad. I read really? it in his bio. In Dave Meltzer's bio, he did. He went into it, and he went into detail about what he was not only accused of, but I think convicted of. And he was a registered, really? sex, he was a registered really? sex offender here in the state of Hawaii until the, till the day he died. Yeah. Mr. Wrestling 2? Yeah, yeah. People didn't wow. know it in the eight. People like the that. public didn't know it in the eighties. This got revealed later, but this was something that he did whenever he was a lot younger. Um, when when he was living here in Hawaii, and he wrestled forever after that, um, because people just didn't have the capability to look up that type of information. Yeah, but uh, once some then somebody was able to look it up, you know, because of the laws that changed, and then then sure enough, there he is. Well, so, give you something to do after the show today, okay? Yeah, I don't know. It it might ruin some of your experience watching it. Well, I'm I'm to the point now where he's off of Mid South, so he's no longer okay. Mid South at the point because you know the Mister they bring in a new Mister Wrestling Two and he turns into Mister Wrestling One and Mister Wrestling Two gets revealed as Hercules Hernandez. Hernandez, yes, yeah. So Hercules Hernandez is part of Jim Cornette's stable now. Fifty CCs of Diana Ball right here. Yeah, he would just he yeah. would just tell you he was on steroids in his promos. <laughs> no qualms whatsoever. It's not a surprise that he died rather young. No, not not at all. Brother was huge. Brother was huge. <laughs> he was enormous. And like as big as he is in that Mid-South run, 88 WWF, he's got veins like popping out of his eyes. His skin is stretched. If that dude was any more muscular, his skin would have torn. Like it yeah. was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's get into the show, man, before we get into too much of crazy topics here on uh, BTI, Dirty Dango defeated Johnny Swinger. And that was talking BTI, folks. Thank you, thank you for talking BTI with us, everybody. Um, Sammy Callahan called it the match of the year, by the way. <laughs> that, I, that is not an endorsement. Um, no, <laughs> Josiah, Josiah messaged us. Josiah, our, our good friend, the recapper for uh, the Wrestling Observer, mm. messaged us. Goes, Did you guys see Dirty, Dirty Dango versus Swinger? And I had to inform him that we are not allowed to see it because that would be a violation of our gimmick. Oh, next week, next week, that's going to be tough. You know who's on BTI next week? No, it's, uh, I forget. It's in the it's in the X Division title tournament. It's Black Till Ruse versus Laredo Kid. All those sons a, of bitches. A, a tournament match. And I was like, why the hell would they put this on BTI? I was like, oh, yeah, they want me to watch it. Like, that's hmm. why you would do that, because you want yes. somebody to see it. Yeah. Maybe Tony Khan should try that with Rampage sometime. Put matches <laughs> yeah. people want to watch on the show. Be crazy. Instead crazy just, thought. Instead of just shit thrown together, yeah. Probably, just, I don't know if that's going to change. It's two random people. It's like Lethal Lottery when he makes up the Rampage card. This guy and Roosh, you know. <laughs> well, let's go to the main card. Uh, the show kicks off. Well, they did a little recap of the Bully Ray stuff from last week. And sure enough, Bully Ray is up first tonight. Uh, we got Juice Robinson and Chris Bay. They're backstage. And they were looking for Ace Austin. They went down to the parking lot. Uh, I don't know if this was NXT's parking lot or not, but Ace Austin was laid out 
Um, and apparently uh, the Impact parking lot is just as dangerous as the NXT one, according to Josiah. So I actually told my joke before I read his joke. Sorry. Um, Tommy Dreamer came out to help, and uh, they shoved him away, and they asked where Bully Ray was. So everything was geared towards Bully Ray did this, but they have no evidence of it so far. This is very much like when Hideo Itami, uh knee Kenta hurt his shoulder and Kevin Owens was like, oh, it's too bad. And everybody thought Kevin Owens did him. I don't think we ever solved the mystery of who crippled Hideo Itami's shoulder. I believe he was the first victim no. of the NXT parking lot. Is this an intentional parody? Or are we I just don't... creatively bankrupt? No, I, I don't I don't think so. In fact, I kind of think what they're doing is a little bit interesting. Like at least they're they're doing well, I mean, like, kind of a, I, a connected story. Um, I mean, no, I, I don't hate that part. I just mean the the yeah. parking lot specifically because it has become a trope in WWE it, that the NXT parking lot is the most dangerous place in professional wrestling. I think I think Impact is just using places of opportunity, and this just might be the only place they had an opportunity to do something like this because it was a closed parking garage. Um, if they did an open parking lot where they're at, it's not a lockdown facility. So this was inside of the kind of an underground garage that led up into the main uh, area for the show. So I think that this was just like a good spot for it, but I don't know. Sure. Fair. Yeah. Uh, so Tommy Dreamer tried to help. They shoved him away. They asked where Bully Ray was. Tommy was looking all confused. Um, and then we go to the ring. Um, Bully Ray and Tommy Dreamer defeated the Bullet Club, Juice Robinson and Chris Bay, when uh, Bully Ray pinned Juice Robinson. Um, a lot of the match was geared towards Juice Robinson was super pissed at Bully Ray for thinking he did something to Ace Austin. That was the story of the match. Dreamer and Bully Ray were not getting along. And then eventually he pinned Juice Robinson and then he tried to console Bully Ray tried to actually have a conversation with Chris Bay afterwards saying, Hey, I didn't do this. I didn't do this. And, uh, and, uh, but there you go. Um, if you're Juice Robinson, do you ever come back? No, no. Uh-uh. No, no. They don't value you. Right. Like that's not, um, we, you know, we, I know we like to poop on when AEW brings the guys in and we don't, they don't care about them, but this is a, uh, this is a new Japan guy. You bring him in and you feed him to bully Ray. Of all people. I don't know. If I'm Juice, if I'm Juice, I'm starting to wonder if there's spots opened up in Orlando again. You know? Yeah, because, well, so when he went to AEW, they fed him to John Moxley. Big That's one thing. Right? That's, That's the world difference. champion. Here, they, but, so Juice has kind of a history here. Like, he's been coming here off and on for about mm-hmm. a year and a half now, mm-hmm. maybe almost two years. And so he was a tag team champion here. He was basically a protected guy, but for whatever reason, during this latest run... They kind of don't even care that he's here. Like he's just been doing pre-show stuff, and then this week they, he's getting victories, but on pre-shows. And then this week he's taking the pin for Bully Ray. You know, I do, I do have to send out an apology uh, though to uh, to Impact Management because I did encourage Chris Bay and Ace Austin to leave this promotion, thinking that Bully Ray had either pinned Ace Austin or Chris Bay. But it turns out they pinned he pinned a guy that don't even work there. That's probably not coming back anyway. So I that doesn't upset me. It does it it upsets me that Juice is probably not coming back now. But it, you know it, I'm pissed less now than I was before for sure. It's like about a year ago, Juice did that interview with Brian Alvarez where he was like, ah, you know. I think I might be done. No, it was a year ago. It was last April. It's like six months ago. Now that I think about it. And then he did the turn to the rock hard, joined Bullet Club. And it was like, seemed like a new lease on life as a real short term lease. Yeah. Because it seems like is. he's right back to where he was. I don't even think New Japan cares about him anymore. Honestly, if New Japan did not want him to lose here, he would not have. 
Nope. New Japan's like, you want Juice to lose to who? Fucking Bubba Ray Dudley? Yeah, go ahead. Who cares? Is Juice so, signed or is Juice free agent working with New Japan right now? I'm of the belief that he is signed, but he is going around telling people he is not signed. But wrestlers are liars, and I don't know what to believe. Let me tell you about a guy named. Let me tell you about the New Japan uh, Never Open Weight Champion. As far <laughs> as liars go, there's a there's quite the story Wait, there with one Carl Anderson. Let's save that one for Patreon. Let's but, do that. Yeah, yeah. Let's get into that stuff because uh, I have some more apologies to make because I had a conspiracy theory last week that totally shit the bed, <laughs> and I told you it was probably not going to be the way it was based hey, look, on what's been called history. <laughs> yeah, so if you actually take a look at history, facts, and evidence, Mike, what you're saying is stupid. <laughs> I didn't say that, but I did not say it either. <laughs> you were very nice about it, but now I have to I have to eat crow. <laughs> uh, Heath and Rhino were backstage. You cut a promo about their upcoming tag title match. Uh, Rhino was awesome here, uh, according to Josiah. He said he got increasingly intense as the promo went on and then talked about how he was going to hit the gore on Honor No More. Uh, I dug this promo here. I, I like the, I like Heath and Rhino together as a team. I, I like their act in WWE, and I like him here. So. It's a WWE 2016 tribute act. Sure. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know. This is whatever. Keep going. Speaking of tribute acts, Tommy Dreamer and Bully Ray were backstage, and uh, Dreamer said that he needed to tell Ray. He needed Ray to tell him that he didn't take out Ace Austin. Ray said he didn't, and was actually offended that Dreamer would think that. Uh, and Dreamer oh yes, said, I- oh yes, Tommy, <laughs> oh yes, Bully Ray. How dare you think the worst of me? Says the uh, man who would cream his pants after power bombing old women through tables. Yes. Yes. The gall of Bully Ray to, to try to turn it around on Dreamer. This is, I, I so look, I'm, I'm more opening up to stuff like this. So <laughs> Dreamer said, I don't need anything despite saying you need a Ray to tell yeah, I, think, him. Uh, I need you to tell me. I didn't find it. Yeah. Well, I didn't need it. What? Yeah. What? Where's the <laughs> continuity on that one? Lance. And then Moose walked up, and then uh, Tommy asked him if he did it, and he said, uh, look, Tommy, I'm a scumbag. If I did it, I wouldn't tell you either. And I thought that was a, a clever line from Moose, uh, further sowing seeds of doubt. Mike, continue the, the <laughs> recap. I have a dog that's very unhappy. He needs to go see his mommy. Excuse me. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, uh, while JD takes care of Astro the Wonder Dog, uh, I'm going to continue on with a Taylor Wilde and Mia Yim. So Taylor Wilde defeated Mia Yim here. Um, Josiah said this was a good match, and I would say it was the opposite of that. Um, this is one of those times where, look, this show is taped, right? They can edit this stuff. There were just some awkward moments in the match where they clearly did not. It seemed like they didn't really have any chemistry. And at one point, Taylor Wilde went for the same roll-up move two times in a row. Neither one of them really looked all that effective. And I just felt like at that point, they could have just edited that part out. Um, I met Taylor Wilde and Mia Yim. That's right. So I... Edited the whole yeah. thing out. I don't think it would have made a difference on this show. Continue. I, I, I felt like not only could they have edited out some of the botches that were in this, where they just they clearly had no chemistry. Look, Taylor Wilde's been gone for a while. Mia Yim's on the way out. Um, it just this wasn't a good match. 
they weren't working well together. Like uh, there was a really awkward spot where Taylor Wilde went for the same move twice in a row. It was like a roll up type of thing where I think she was trying to go for either a pin or submission, but she was only covering one shoulder. So neither one of them worked. I was like, look guys, you, this show is taped. You could just cut that part out, like help them out a little bit and give them some crowd noise too in the background, because nobody gave a fuck about this match. Um, not until, not until the match was over and then Mickey James came out and that's when people started to care. Because uh, Mickey James came out and she wants to wrestle Taylor Wilde because they're friends, JD. We got two friends that are just friendly and everybody's friends, all friends wrestling. Mickey James and Taylor Wilde just want to wrestle for fun because they're friends. So they decided they're going to do that. And then while that was happening, Vexed and Giselle Shaw ran down, tried to put the beat down. But then, of course, uh, Jordan Grace came out and uh, they cleaned house. So there you go. That was the whole segment. The segment sucked. The match was bad. Like, all I can think yeah. is Mia Yim, not 1984 Ric Flair. She could no. not get a decent match out of Taylor Wilde. But at the same time, I said Taylor's been gone, I think, over a year now. Yeah. You know, so I get it. She's a little rusty, whatever. Um, they could have easily shortened this up to a five-minute match, you know, and they- not made either of them look bad. And yeah. the segment at the post segment was whatever. It really defined it really defined them down though, right? Like the competitors. Like yeah. Mia Yum has never felt more like and again, it's her farewell match, so whatever. Yes. But she never felt more like an afterthought because it was mainly because mainly that crowd just didn't care one bit about what was happening. And like I said, I went to a show with her wrestling maybe two and a half months ago, maybe three months ago, where she was one of the most over people in the building. Like yeah. it was wild, pardon the pun. It was just crazy to see how far that stock has fallen. Again, she's going to get one of those pop 100 deals, so she's fine. But yeah, the segment was just, I didn't think it worked, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, it, it didn't work. Um, I'm not all that interested in Mickey James versus Taylor Wilde just because I think they're just wrestling because they're no friends. Stakes. And, there's no, yeah, stakes. There's no stakes. Well, What's Mickey's. Mickey's career is on the line, but I really don't believe that Taylor Wilde wants to end Mickey's career. And that's the same story that we just had with Mia Yim. Can she? Can we find a heel that fucking hates Mickey that's trying to end her career? Can we get something like that? Because as of yet, we haven't had that yet, even since she's put her career on the line. Right now, she's just wrestling her friends, and her friends are taking it easy on her. What the hell are we doing? Like, Who it's cares like, about that? It's like Hulk Hogan in 1984. He's just working with his buddies or bringing in. You know, yeah. that's how I feel. That's how I feel about this. Like, I want to I'm going to retire, but I'll wrestle you, my friend, because you're not going to beat me. You've been gone for a year and you look like terrible in that match. So I'll wrestle <laughs> you like, I don't uh, know, man, this whole thing is starting to kind of not not really deliver with me a little bit. You know, it started out really good. And I thought I was yeah. really interested in it. And she beat me a yim, and I thought that was a really good match. Um, But now we're doing the same thing with Taylor Wilde. It's like, oh, hey, you're a good wrestler. Let, we should wrestle. Oh, OK, let's wrestle. I'll put my career on the line. Oh, OK, well, uh, sure. And then let's just go be have fun and be friends and be happy and merry. Um, now, if Taylor Wilde ends up turning on her along the way, then uh, cool, I'm in. Taylor Wilde's but, not turning on Mickey James. That's not going to happen. The, she didn't have the charisma to pull off. No, turn, never. Yeah. But um, I assume this is going to lead to Masha Slamovich. So let's just get I, there. I think we're going to go to we're going to go to Masha, mm-hmm. and Mickey's going to beat Masha, and then we're going to go to Jordan Grace for the title. Mickey's going to win the title. She's going to go back to the Royal Rumble. 
and then she's going to come back and lose it. <laughs> and are we going to act like, are we going to act like there's another, are we going to act like this is the beginning of a new era because Triple H is in charge and he's going to show impact the respect it deserves. <laughs> Not like that mean Vince because Triple yeah. H, he's different. He respects these other wrestling promotions. Oh, 100%. Uh, Jason Hotch, uh, John Muse's favorite, was backstage and uh, complaining to his girlfriend about how he lost his position in the Call Your Shot gauntlet uh, to someone. She asked him who it was and to say his name, and then Joe Hendry burst out of the locker room behind them, sung the opening of his theme, and then said that losing was an opportunity to learn. Hendry walked off, and Hotch turned to, to follow before turning back as, and saw that his girlfriend was wearing a Joe Hendry T-shirt. <laughs> and Hotch then broke up with her and said, Date him if you want. And then she asked, is he single? <laughs> uh, and uh, just like I called the segment a masterpiece. I got to say, I, I I have to agree. This this was a masterpiece. Is Joe Hendry booking his own stuff? It seems like it because this is like way more creative than what I think Impact yes. came up with. <laughs> I agree. But it's got, a different, it's got a different flavor than everything else on the show, which I'm a fan of, by the way. It doesn't make yeah. any sense in kayfabe, but it's so funny that it doesn't matter. Right? Yeah. Like it's like, working. It's probably my favorite part of the show lately, to be honest with you, is everything involving Joe Henry. Yeah. I mean, he, she, they just panned the camera back there and she's all of a sudden wearing a Joe Henry t-shirt. And I'm like, that's stupid, but it, it, it's funny. It, it is. Worked. It yeah. does work. Get, it shouldn't, it, but it does. Yeah. Yeah. Joe Henry uh, grabbed the mic and said that he was a good talker, but better listener. Oh, so Joe Henry comes out and he's singing there. The whole crowd is doing the, the wave, they're singing a song. He grabbed the mic. He said uh, that he was a good talker, but a best, better listener, and that the fans believed in him. And then he would go. He proceeds to kick Jason Hodge's ass. Um, after, uh, yeah, he kicked his ass, and then that was the end of that match. I a strong segment all around. I loved it. I think this is just further proof that as much as we get into the discussion of match ratings and stars. And who's the best worker and all this stuff. What truly matters, and we prove this time and time again in this sport, is personality. Yeah. If you got a great yep. personality, you're going to get over. Like, I love our BFI chat where you have to drop the hammer on people and tell them that Britt Baker is the biggest AEW women's star because she has charisma. That's it. Yeah. Everybody's like, oh, you're, she, they're going to go up there and play second fiddle to Britt Baker. Well, yeah, Britt Baker's the best they got over there. And mm -hmm. it's not because she does a thousand moves. Moves are stupid. Moves moves mean nothing if you got no personality. Sorry. Correct. And there's a lot of people out there that do a lot of great moves. Uh, fucking Tony Nese does great moves. Nobody cares great about moves. Tony Nese. Great moves. Nobody cares where about he's going. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Personality. Yep. Like, people can bitch about Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega's got personality. Tons of it. He, the guy's dripping with much. charisma. Maybe yeah. too much sometimes. No, but I mean, that's well, what, at the end of the day, that's what matters is you get people to care about you. The best segment of the week in all pro wrestling was two dudes talking. And I'm usually people like, oh God, this is awful. But when it's done right, when you have two people who have something they can hang on to and feel and believe it's captivating. Right. Yeah. And the match has got to be the crescendo, right? We need good wrestling at the end of the day. But personality is what can, it's always, it's always going to get people invested. And Joe Hendry's got it right now. Now, where does it lead from here? Because it can't be funny all the time if it's going to go anywhere. But for right now, it's great. It's, it's firing on all cylinders. I'd like to see him do a hybrid of the, the great entrance, funny backstage segments. But the guy has the pedigree, the combat sports pedigree, to kind of be a badass in the ring. 
so I'd like to see him do a lot of that stuff too. And I think, you know, Dalton Castle comes to mind who yes. uh great, great wrestler, uh, the peacock come out with the colors and the boys and the, the stuff. But whenever the bell rings, like Dalton Castle can fucking go. And I, I think that we can get something like that out of uh, Joe Andre. Some of the best suplexes in the business, Dalton Castle. I think oh, that yeah. guy was really on the, on the brink, on the brink of becoming a, big star before his back because his back was messed up for a few years and he's really the the ring of honor break i think has really helped him kind of get himself healthy again so i hope that we see more of dalton castle that's a guy impact should have kicked the tires on to be quite honest with you he was at one of the shows he was at one of the tapings and uh i don't know maybe it just didn't work out or maybe there was still some injury thing there going on but whenever they started bringing in all the ring of honor guys he was one of those guys but he never appeared on camera so i don't know Mm -hmm. I don't know what happened there. They just couldn't get a deal done. So who knows? Bummer. Bummer. Uh, uh, A flashback aired of Chris Saban exercising option C on Bully Ray. So they're tying that into the current thing. Um, Bully buried him as being too small, but Saban was able to win using a hammer. Ray brought to the ring. Um, Really cool. They had some huge crowds back in the day. Uh, 2013 was was still part of that Bischoff-Hogan era. Bully Ray was at the peak of his heel his heel uh, turn there and, uh, or not his heel, but being the, the main event guy there in impact. And uh, Chris Saban, man, got, won the world title. People went crazy for it. Months before Vince Russo killed all of this. Um, it was a good moment, actually. Like uh, that's yeah. when it comes time to exercising option C, I still think Chris, Chris Saban is the, uh, is probably the best, the most memorable one to me. Like this was, uh, I forgot yeah. how much I enjoyed this segment. It was good. I liked it. it was, I like how, I like when, what we're flashbacking in some way references what's going to happen later in the show. So this was a good one. This is, this worked really well. Yeah. Uh, then we go, Scott DeMore's in the ring and he's awaiting Kazarian to give up the X division title. <clears throat> he talked about the stakes in the, involved, the giving up the title saying that the tournament will end at the impact overdrive. The same show that Kazarian would challenge Josh Alexander. Uh, DeMore and Kazarian try to make it seem like the division title matter because it showed Kazarian that he could still go. Uh, Kazarian talked about what impact meant to him. So this was a great promo by Kazarian, by the way. I really did enjoy the promo. Um, he said it's where he became a star. It's where he met his family. The, re- the reason why he has his kids is because of impact. Um, and he said that he's uh, he's got one thing left to prove in his career, and it's going to be if he doesn't win the world title, he's never going to be happy with himself. And then at that point, Steve Macklin attacked him from behind. Uh, hit hit him with his spear there in the corner, and then Josh Alexander ran down to make the save. Um, so despite the ridiculousness of him dropping the title, despite that, so let's just throw that to the side. Let's cut that part out. Option C not being the best idea because I I don't like that they're doing the option C thing. I thought the segment was very good. I thought Frankie Kazarian was great here. He's a much better promo than I think people give him credit for. And he doesn't really get the opportunity to do that where he's at right now in AEW. So it's kind of cool to see him coming over here and he's getting these opportunities and he's really just hitting it out of the park. I think he's a better promo now than at any point he's been. I thought I think he's always been an underrated Mike guy. Like he's not as yeah. someone you think of as a Mike guy. Um, because he got pigeonholed as a moves with a Z guy, right? Yep. But he's always been pretty charismatic. I think he's one of those guys that um, as he gets older, he gets smarter, right? Mm-hmm. And I think he's just figured out how to make his moments count and he really make his words count, right? I think this was good. This is a really good promo. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I loved it too. Still not a fan of option. Option C doesn't bother me as an, an idea in theory. In theory. Um, but in theory um, – execution in this sense did not really work out that well because 
he didn't need to cash in the X Division title to get the title shot uh, because Bobby Fish just got one by asking for it last week. And also, he hasn't cleaned out the X Division yet, so why is he cashing in the title already? Now, if he would have come out and said the reason why he's doing this is because Tony Khan's only allowing him one more match in Impact, and he wants it to be for the world title, and he's going to take it back to, to AEW. Storyline. Story that. That makes sense. And he's mm-hmm. like, look, I'm not going to take both titles, but if I'm going to take one title with me, I'm taking the world title, right? Um, or or he said, look, Tony Khan said, I can't be here anymore if I'm not the world heavyweight champion, so I got to go for the world heavyweight. You know, say something like that. Make Tony the heel. They already fucking hate the guy anyway. Say, mm-hmm. look, Kazarian's just trying to get this thing, you know, do something like that. But instead, it's like, I won this title, but I, I love this title. It means so much to me, but I really don't care about it that much. I want that title. Um, and I and he said that this reign, this X Division title reign that he has is the one of his most important title reigns, but he hasn't even defended it. Was a day. Title, so. It was a day. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is, hey, this, and we sacrifice speedball. Again, I firmly admit yeah. that I'm not the biggest speedball fan, but they were building the guy. Like he was protected. He was he was getting over. People liked it. The work was good. The matches were good. And now it's just like, well, we're gonna take all that crude interest that we have and we're gonna put it on this guy from another company who's only gonna work with our world champion in one PLE event, and then he's gone. Yeah. And then what? Like our X Division title is not in a better spot. And if say speedball wins. Get right back where you started from. What was the point of this? Frankie could have come in and beat, I hate to say it, but an Ace Austin or something like that, and then mm-hmm. challenge Josh the next night. Like, he didn't have yeah. to beat. People could have beat Trey. He could have beat. There's a million guys who um, are stuck in the mid-card right now that could have would have been fine with the loss to Frankie Kazarian. Then yeah, it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. They would have had a great match. And have been like, oh, yeah, he had a great match. And we would have forgotten about it. But, like, feeding your X division champion to a guy from another company who then goes, Hey, here's my title. Like, that's what it feels like to me. Like, I just, I'm not a fan of how option C was used here. Yeah. So the story surrounding everything, not a fan of it all. Yeah. The execution of this promo. And now they're great. They're building some heat between him and Josh, which also great. And then now you have Steve Macklin out there lingering around. And then you still have the idea in the back of your head uh, about uh, bully Ray. Um, so Eddie Edwards, uh, <laughs> Eddie Edwards arrives at the impact zone and Alicia Edwards arrived asking where he was on a more showed up and asked him the same. Ed, Edwards said that, uh, his wife was right. And when she said this has to end and Edwards walked off, uh, enigmatically, sorry, uh, with Alicia on more looking on confused. Um, and then we go into another backstage segment where Kazarian and Alexander were backstage and he thanked Alexander for helping him um, and asked what was up with Macklin and then told Alexander not to trust Bully Ray. At one point he said, look, if I goes, I have a partner, if I needed someone to have my back, he would be here. It kind of like made it seem like we're going to see Christopher Daniels at some point. I don't know. Maybe I was, I the only one that caught that or no, I thought was, so too. I thought so too. Won't be Scorp. He's hurt. But Christopher Daniels yeah. makes sense, especially here. And he's been in and out of impact too since the AW thing started. So yeah, why not? Yeah. Lord um, knows he's not going to miss out on doing talent relations at AEW. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, talk amongst yourselves. I have to make a note real quick because I have an make idea. Because I have a comment to make. Is it seem like make a that, comment. Does it seem to you like Lush and, and Eddie don't talk at home? Where they show That's up in the arena. Like. We're talking. She's like, "Well, what are you gonna do?" And he'd be like, "What the fuck? You think we talked about it last night for two hours?" Like, I don't. Under- I hate when they do that in wrestling, where they pretend that these people only talk to each other at the shows, including married couples. <laughs> like that was so yeah. stupid. That was so stupid. Like, why yeah. she's? I don't know what my husband's gonna do. I mean, yeah, I have. 
I haven't seen him in a week. Like, what the hell has he been? Like, you guys just, could you imagine like just not like leaving and not talking to your wife and your kid for a week? Like you wouldn't have a comb to come to. Your wife oh. would fucking hit you in the head. My wife my would wife, kill my ass. Yeah, my wife would show me, like, where the fuck have you been for a week? <laughs> like, yeah. I got I got stuff in my mind. She'd hit you. She's like, I want the match. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next we go, uh, Eric Young with Diener. He defeated Rich. Well, actually, Rich Swan defeated Eric Young, didn't he? I think so. I think, yeah, Swan defeated Eric Young. Um, yeah, Josiah like has this wrong, backwards on. The, yeah, come on, Josiah. Get it together, Canadian, pal. Canadian. Come on. Canadian. Yeah. But no, Swan defeated Eric Young. The match never. I just didn't wasn't feeling the match. I was excited about it because they've they've had good matches in the past. But it just kind of it was just kind of there. It was a short match, and then afterwards, one of Eric Young's uh, weird uh, violent guys um, helped Diener attack Swan. So there you go. One of his yellow jackets. Um, actually, yeah. yellow hoodies. But I think it's the specter of this stupid angle hanging over this thing. You know? Yeah. Uh, I hate. Yeah. I hate this. <laughs> uh, Sammy Callahan uh, came to make the save. The lights went out. Sammy Callahan appeared, and then he uh, chased off Eric Young. So Eric Young and Sammy Callahan are feuding. So there you go. Did you you saw that NXT uh, San Jose video that got posted? Oh, you commented. That's how I saw it. That well, NXT. Well, I was I was there. You were there. You were there. Yeah. But watching that video again, I because I remember NXT 2015 is really good. I yeah. forgot that Sammy Callahan was there, and he's mm-hmm. gained maybe a hundred pounds since then. Yeah, Sammy Callahan was there um, back when he was in a lot better shape. Uh, Solomon Bully, Crow. not Bully, but, uh, um, Rhino. Rhino was there. Eric Young was there. Yeah, a lot of people that were that are here now were yeah. there in 2015. Kind of crazy. Juice yeah. Robinson was there, I think, at the time. I think Juice had just just left, but yeah, he was in and out at that point. Um, yeah. Somebody, oh, oh, Cass, who or um, Morrissey, who had just left the promotion Morrissey. here, was there at the time? Yeah. Was it Rich Swan there too? I I know he was in NXT and think, then he also did CWC as well. I'm not sure if Rich Swan ever did NXT for a length of time. I think he was one of hmm. those guys like a Cedric Alexander who came in for the CWC and then kind of went right to 205. Because okay. remember, yeah. that was like the fourth brand that they were trying. And the Mystic Man's like, these guys are little. I don't care about this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Um, and then next we go to uh, the major players. Matt Cardona and Brian Myers are backstage. And they said that they're back as a tag team and they want the tag team titles. So instead of making Matt Cardona champion, which is what I booked, it looks like they're going to feud with Heath and Rhino. So there you go. So let me get this straight. The um, Edgeheads are going to feud with the WWE 2016 Nostalgia Act while Bully Ray is in pursuit of the world title right now. I just want to make sure I'm up to date on all my 2020 Impact stuff, 2022 Impact stuff. That's what happens when you lose about 10 wrestlers in a month period. <laughs> you got you to gotta go back to the well a little bit, especially when you don't have enough people ready to take over. It's so. enough to get me to start drinking, man. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to tell you something that I, I liked. Rhino and Heath defeated the Kingdom for the Impact World Tag Team Championships. I'm not, I didn't like the fact that they beat them. I was on the I edge of my seat for this one. I yeah. was, I had no I idea just, what was going to happen in this match. <laughs> I just kind of, I just kind of liked the match. I thought I already knew who was, was going to win. Yeah. I didn't know how they were going to win. Um, the crowd was into it. This is probably the hottest the crowd had been all night. Look, Heath and Rhino were over the kingdom are great heels. Um, I thought this was a uh, really good match. Uh, we got to see Rhino Gore uh, Maria, and it's always kind of cool to see stuff like that. Uh, we got she, we had a, a, a she takes good bumps. You know? Yeah, 
We had a, just, a powder in the eyes spot. Maria tried to powder Rhino and threw it into the eyes of uh, Bennett and got, it was a whole deal. Little, little uh, old school, you know, Mid-South type booking here. I've been watching a lot of Mid-South. So every match with Mid-South was like, you had a lot of the Gaga. That was what they loved to do there. So a lot of Gaga. So we had, we had a lot of that here and I thought it was a pretty fun match. Uh, so before we get to the closing segment here, what do you think? What'd you think of the match? And we got new tag champions. Had to happen. Yeah, had to happen. One of the one of my least favorite internet memes right now going around is that Taven and Bennett are bad professional wrestlers. Uh, I don't get that at all. Like, like, where is that even coming from? People who are still mad that Matt Taven won in 2019 that Madison Square Garden show, rather than the is, sex, rather than the sex pest. Like, yeah. Um. What? Just tell me you don't watch Impact. Like, I get it. A lot of people don't watch Impact. I get it. I hear it all the time. But there's been no bad. These dudes have not done any bad. They didn't do any bad work in their second run together in Ring of Honor. They did no bad work together here in this promotion. Tony Khan does a smart thing and brings them in. And people are like, oh, these guys are just terrible professionals. They don't move the needle. Guess what? Nobody moves the needle. The needle doesn't move. Like, no. It's just, I don't get it. I mean, like, I, why? Just tell them you don't watch the shows. Because yeah. you're showing your ass. You clearly don't watch the shows. That is not the problem with these guys. I just, I don't no. get it. Yeah. So I didn't really see much of their work at the end of Ring of Honor, but I saw Final Battle last year with them and the Briscoes, and that match was incredible. Great match. Fantastic yeah. match. Hey, people, well, the Briscoes can have a good match to anybody. Yes, they're good professional wrestlers. But right. the, the Kingdom don't have bad matches. <coughs> no. OGK, no, whatever they, call they haven't didn't have a bad one here. Right in this in their year in this company didn't have a bad match. They're not going to have a bad match when they wrestle FTR. Right? They don't have bad matches. I just I don't like I don't like this meme going around because Matt Taven was not a good world champion. He wasn't. Not everybody should be the world champion, right? <clears throat> but you know what? Not a lot of people are great world champions no. in their first run. It takes a That's little bit. True. So yeah, you have to lose it. And you got to rebuild and come back later a lot of times, mm-hmm. especially when he was a guy that kind of got the world title out of nowhere a little bit, you know, because out of necessity, because a lot of people had just left and like all their favorite wrestlers had just left. So Matt Taven takes over as the champion. And so, um, and he got a bad rap and he was one of their top guys as the company came to an end. And, you know, I, I think that he, um, unjustifiably gets a bad rap there. I thoroughly enjoyed Taven's work here in Impact um, the whole time. Even his singles matches I thought were great. Zero qualm with either guy. Zero yeah. qualm with either guy. Um, I just don't like it. I mean, like, granted, they were treated like stars here. So yeah. Impact fans know what's going on. They know the guys are good. They, If you watch this show, you see good professional wrestling all the time. Yeah, um, it does. It does. It does depress me that uh, we went from Bound for Glory, where the tag title, the tag team championship match was the Kingdom versus the Motor City, the Motor City Machine Guns, and uh, in Overdrive, it looks like we're going to get Heath and Rhino versus the Motor, sh- the Motor Shitty Machine Guns. The major players is probably what it's looking like, or the Motor City Machine Guns, because I did. I they had a little bit of an interaction last week, so maybe we'll get that. But that would be better. Um, I like calling Heath and Rhino the, the Motor Shitty because Rhino's from Detroit too. So I'm gonna. Oh yeah, I'm yeah. gonna use that now to refer to those two. You just <laughs> gave me a bit. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, so after the match, Eddie Edwards came down to the ring um, as uh, Mike Bennett checked on Maria because she just got uh, speared through her boots. Um, Edwards, yeah. Edwards talked about uh, 
um, no, uh, either honor no more ending his relationship or him ending his marriage <laughs> and based on her ultimatum. And Edward said, honor no more failed. He went and asked Bennett, Taven, and King to, if they were loyal to him, and they all said yes. Uh, newsflash, they're loyal to Tony Khan, baby. Uh, not, not Kenny King. Kenny King Kenny ain't King. going nowhere. <laughs> no, 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 no. Kenny King was in uh, Las Vegas promoting the the upcoming events this weekend. So he's a company <laughs> guy at Impact now. But Edwards asked Vincent if he was loyal. Uh, Vincent didn't really respond. He asked, are you loyal to me or to PCO? He didn't really say anything. He questioned PCO's loyalty. Um, and then the fans chanted for him to, to for PCO to turn on them. Um, at one point, Eddie Edwards called PCO a bitch, and then PCO ripped off his his hood that he was wearing, and then just beat the crap out of everybody. And I really liked how the segment end, and they we finally got the big turn from PCO as a conquering hero. He killed all of Honor No More himself, um, and the fans were crazy for PCO. PCO's great. I loved I loved all of this. We waiting months for this it happened. It's good. I don't know if I like Eddie going back to being a babyface. I do. Th- I just I just like Eddie better as a heel. But yeah. the storyline makes sense, so I can't fault it. Uh, they, who's Vincent loyal to? Perhaps Papa H. Yeah, he's loyal Perhaps. to uh, to Bray. He's going to be one of the Wyatt Six, probably. That's the rumor, anyway. That is the rumor. Him and him and Old Dutch. That's a good spot for them. Oh I, yeah, I yeah, I, I think I think Bray. I think uh, you know Vincent was kind of a, a poor man's Bray Wyatt there for a little bit. A little bit. Better wrestler. Better wrestler, but the character was kind of he reminds me a lot of Charles Manson. He has the whole vibe. He kind of looks like him in the face a little bit. So, so I think that's when, what he was going for. When he was in the kingdom, did you watch any of Ring of Honor when he was in the kingdom? <laughs> no, I found the, out Adam Cole was in the kingdom last week. So that's okay. how my knowledge so, goes. Yeah. Well, he was post when Taven took over the kingdom and Bennett and Cole were gone. Uh Vinny Marcellia was Vincent, was in there, but he was the horror king. So he would yeah. come out with red balloons like an it. Yeah. Yeah, it was really stupid. But um <laughs> so but yeah, he has got that aesthetic that would work really well with Bray Wyatt and whatever chicanery is going on over there with them. So uh <laughs> honestly that guy's been around a long time. He's got a great look. The gray dreads are a cool mm-hmm. looking thing. So uh I hope he gets signed. I think he'll I think he'll fit in good over there. Yeah, I'm sorry. I you know I'm sad to see all these guys go. I really enjoyed their time here. Hey, hey, yeah. Yeah, you got to, but you know, now they're going to bring in some more short-term guys. That's why we're seeing Alan Angels and PJ Black on the upcoming Vegas shows. And we'll probably see more new talent. Who knows? Now, Alan Angels is a guy that I think they should help. They should keep in. We can build around him. He's young. He's got talent. He's finding himself. There's not a yeah. lot of difference between Alan Angels <coughs> and, and Ace from like three years ago, right? Yeah. Very similar. So he's a guy that I think you can invest in. PJ Black. <coughs> he's never had a main event run anywhere. So it makes sense. Like he could be a reclamation project here. I don't yeah. hate it. There's a lot of guys that have rebuilt their careers in impact over the years. Oh, I don't yeah. mind that at all. Bully yeah. Ray, I, I, <coughs> yeah. Bully Ray. Um, hey, you know what? We had a little less bully Ray on the show than we did last week. So oh. I was, uh, I was happy about that. Overall, I thought the show was pretty strong. I liked the way the show ended. We finally yeah. got the big payoff with PCO. Um, and I'm not as mad about Bully Ray pinning the Bullet Club because he pinned Juice, and uh, apparently nobody cares about Juice. So there you go. I'm not sure how much Juice cares about Juice, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> He's allowing that to happen, yeah. His, I mean, his wife makes a lot on the OnlyFans, and she's the AEW Women's Champ. She's actually kind of turned into the workhorse yeah, of that division over. She had like eight straight yeah. weeks in a row where she's having kick-ass matches on TV. So maybe mm-hmm. Juice is like, uh, he's going to be a kept man. I don't know. Yeah. good. For, hey, if so, good for him. That's a great good spot if you can get it. 
Yeah. Absolutely. Hey, but uh, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or if you're watching us on YouTube, uh, head over to patreon.com slash fightgamemedia. Uh, we're going to keep the conversation going over there, man. JD, do you got anything to plug before we head to Patreon? Absolutely. I still got a week left on my Kickstarter campaign for Hawk Hollow. It's uh, doing pretty good. We're at 170% funding, could, or 75%, excuse me. We could always use a little bit more. Great horror story for Halloween. And you will, if you back this thing, you will get the ebook in your email. On the, when the campaign closes on the 28th, you can have a nice spooky read that weekend of Halloween. So get back in, jump on the campaign, get yourself some good books. Let's do it, everybody. Let's uh, get this book funded so we can get uh, get that out to everybody. And then that way my grandma can get her copy that I bought her. Um, After last week, you mocked me. You mocked me <laughs> about getting your 80-year-old grandmother an ebook, and then you proceeded to buy her an ebook. Yeah, yeah. Hypocrite. Little, yeah, very, very, very much so a hypocrite, but it is what it is. All right, guys, uh, we're going to head over to Patreon. So Patreon, stick around.